are worlds between our own, and from these worlds there are written histories, both ancient and modern. To read of these testaments scrawled in hidden places and on other things, you must fix your eyes uncomfortably within you, and if successful, your gaze will unlock the door behind raw imagination and meet the manuscript of innumerable folios known as the Dark Darkness. Hello, I'm Sharkchild, and this is The Dark Verse. Short stories of occult, metaphysical, and fantastical horror that will follow you to the visions of your sleep. I'm just going to get right into talking a little bit about this story, and I want to start off by saying that I think that I'm going to hit a record with this story, um, that record being the most usage of the word magic by percentage of any length of text so <laughs> i just want to get that out of the way that i say magic many many times but in all seriousness it's what i needed to do for the benefit of the story and what it's about so uh, with that said i also want to touch on the title of the story it's a combination of words to make a unique word and I did this because it just kind of it's what I felt in my gut kind of thing when I was trying to find a title for the story I don't know how to explain it's just when you have that feeling that kind of overtakes you and you kind of just go with it and that's what happened with this story it started with the search for a word that represented a society where everyone is for themselves it's you know every man for himself but I wanted a word that described a world or society where that was the core system where you didn't have friends you didn't have community you didn't have anything you were out for yourself fending for yourself alone and I don't know if there's a word for that but I was trying to find that and I couldn't so I kind of put a word together that covers that and also some other ideas and that's where I ended up with the title for this episode and now I will get into it. This is episode 106 of the Dark Verse, and it is entitled A Path in Dying. In the pit of night, in a barren land, beneath and within leafless oaks and upon untrodden soils, a gathering of vagabond magic bleeders shared in their woes around the warmth of communal flames. Distant battles painted the sky with colorful sparkles and bursts of glimmering energy that cut through the fissures of the branches. Amongst those assembled, a bearded old man detached his hands at the wrists and floated them to a location within the top of the bonfire where the flames lapped up and kissed their bases. The hands burned, and while they did, they proceeded to cast out a riveting melody with the cracking of knuckles. Each finger popped different notes with its joints, collectively achieving a composition that uplifted the somber congregation. 
The tone of the music changed and enriched as the flesh shriveled. By the conclusion of the piece, the hands were blackened bone and smiles, buried for unknown eons, had surfaced upon faces that had come to accept hopelessness as the only way of life. With their passionate appreciation for this aged magician's act, the spectators convinced him to continue on. He played for some time, conjuring more empathic songs with his ebonized bone digits, while the onlookers reclaimed a nostalgia for better days and grander existences. From in the shadow's distance from the fire, I looked out upon the phalanx of souls, the juxtaposition of their varying heights and forms, the tattered garments and weathered hides, the futility and tired visages. They found peace here with each other, uniting under the same consequences of failure. Where these drifters had finally laid down their torches and given up the fight for purpose, I would be given one more chance at life. When no further acts of jubilation could rekindle faith against the winning sadness, and when an air of soberness again claimed the temperament, I walked methodically up to the bonfire, with a sense of reverence, and stood before it, facing those gathered. With my two left arms, and lower right arm remaining at my sides, I raised my top right arm perpendicularly in front of me, keeping it perfectly straight and still. Upon my top right hand, which was held uniform with the rest of the arm, was a gauntlet of absorption. Green cords of fluctuating power wrapped around it in my forearm, and shaped at the tips of my fingers a ninety-degree angled blade with the sides sloping backwards towards me. The magic bleeders then stood up and formed a line in front of me, after five bodies, the line turned and curled, circling around the fire. Your gift will have its reign in glory, I said, keeping still. The being at the front of the line, with smooth teal skin, a torn lavender dress, and waist-long silver hair, bowed her head and marched towards me. The blade at the end of my hand smoothly cut into her throat crimson blood generously secreted and streamed down her figure and soaked her garment before turning blue and evaporating. Then her body wrinkled, shrank, and melted away into a raw measure of magic that coiled around my gauntlet and transferred into me, increasing my size. Your gift will have its reign in glory, I said again. The next in line, the bearded old man, marched into my blade, ending his life in giving me his measure of magic. One by one, the assortment of dwindled magi received my words and stepped into their deaths, bestowing their measures of magic upon me. They sacrificed themselves so that one of us, one of us who had been chosen by measured and merciful selection, would have one last chance at achieving a prominent existence. I was that one. The universe existed as a hierarchy of magic, where the scope of magic possessed, one's measure of magic, had a direct reflection on the size of physical presence. 
beings birthed into the same beginnings and existing with the same genetic foundations, ranged from depleted germs to gallivanting giants to colossi the size of planets, based solely on their stake of magical essence, their measure of magic. One could only increase a measure of magic by gifting, bartering, or pilfering it from other beings of magic. In one's gain, another would always lose. Even in propagation, magic, and in turn size, had to be bequeathed to create new life. To expend magic, using it for spells and enchantments, a portion of a measure of magic would also be expended. This derivative of magic use was absorbed by the universe, becoming untouchable for a time until it would again take form as creatures of creation spawned across immeasurable worlds. To use magic without ever gaining it would result in an ever-lessening presence, and those who could not overcome these lives of diminishing magic in size were magic bleeders. The more powerful magic wielders of the universe, incumbiths, traveled from planet to planet consuming magic bleeders and seeking out creatures of creation, building their measures of magic until they had the strength to defeat other incumbiths in battle and seize immense expanses of magic. Even the incumbiths varied terrifyingly in magnitude the largest spanning entire galaxies. It was a ruthless existence, an endless predation without comfort or security. From one moment to the next, survival hinged on the will to apprehend and devour those less powerful or outwit the strong by deviousness. Passiveness was death. Under the inspirited morning light, I stood above the empty camp, one hundred times my previous size. With my new height, the pit of ashes from the previous night's bonfire was but a blotch within a miniature graveyard. The group of vagrant sorcerers and my previous self had been nothing more than inconsequential insects crawling upon a brutal landscape. I outstretched my arms and looked up to the sky to behold the day, to take it in and bend it to my will. Ambition stretched upon my lips. After a conceited pause of reflection, I bolted towards space with tremendous speed upon a spell that had been for years unusable. Zipping as a streak of green energy, I plummeted into the dark bed of the universe in search of procurable magic. I headed towards the lights of galactic activity that shone down on the world I had left behind, where the gargantuan incumbents would surely be found, feuding over epic shares of magic or reaping planets full of sentience and creatures of creation. Not long into my journey, a spreading of blue bursts led me to an incumbent that had wrapped itself around an entire planet and had begun to absorb what magic it contained. Numerous limbs that anchored themselves across the world stemmed out from a rock-like, planet-sized thorax. Its head was a nightmarish funnel on a long, twisting neck that it had curled and angled towards the populations of beings. At the end of this neck was a gaping, pitch-black opening that drew in creatures by the hundreds of thousands. 
The strongest sorcerers of the doomed sphere fought back against the incumbeth, but their efforts were trifles. While the incumbeth was distracted by its harvesting affairs, I unleashed the full potential of speed with the magic I possessed, and raised up my gauntlet of absorption. As I covered great distances and approached the cosmic entity, my size slowly decreased with the exhaustion of magic. I had just enough measure of magic to plummet into the flesh of the incumbeth, burrowing fully into one of its limbs. Completely entrenched, I began, like a parasite, to suck upon its magic. At first, the enormous magus paid no heed to my actions, continuing on with its imbibing. But as I flared up in size with the influx of magic, my presence became an unneglectable nuisance. The behemoth slammed a limb against my point of entry but did me no harm as I was protected deep within its dermis. I continued to pull its measure of magic into myself as I hacked and clawed through its tissue with my gauntlet of absorption. The longer I remained, the more frantic the incumbeth became, knowing its loss of power was becoming my gain. I filled its veins and ran through its inner systems. I entered its bones and cut through its heart. It cast spells upon its own body to flush me out and take back its magic, but its doings only allowed my devastation through weakened flesh to be easier. It warped and transformed to maintain physical cohesion, but I ripped it apart as it did, its shrieks of hatred and woe reverberating across space. I drained it of its commanding measure of magic, and what I did not drain, other sorcerers and beings scoured and combated over, before turning on one another in the continuing contest for eminence. Content with my acquisition, I shot off away from the skirmishing magi, before they could turn their attention to me. Without necessitating any further intake of magic for the immediate future, I simply explored. I traveled those galaxies devoid of magic and took in the dazzling sights of the cosmos. As the beauty penetrated my temperament, it tugged upon an emotion rooted in the gratitude I held towards my patrons, those that had lifted me up out of the prison of desolation. More magic and power I ever dreamt of bearing was in my grasp and all I could think about was the congregation of withering wanderers and the old man playing his songs. I could endeavor to absorb an entire planet's measure of magic, but the only desire held in my new stature was to rekindle the feeling of my lowliest disposition. In a stretch of boundless vastness, with a spell of creation, I brought into form the variety of beings from the bonfire as I remembered them. I cast them into the void of space, where, like stars, I could admire their glowing silhouettes. I shaped the fire and the old man in his bone hands, calling with them into life unwritten songs. Gladness at once radiated from me, but it quickly diffused. The simulacrums were perfect in every visual way, but they lacked the heart of the sentiment that stirred hollow flesh. 
They missed the emotional contagion that took hold when many came together as one. They missed the relief that mystified me, that mystified the universe. It was there, in that group of tired lives and broken souls, bleak appearances and mutual misfortune, that the true magic existed. The obsession to relive this lost phenomenon twisted into a strange, forlornly madness. In a turmoil of emotions, I split from myself seven entities equal in the measure of magic that I was left with. I beseeched their fellowship, their camaraderie, and a joined purpose. But even in those initial nanoseconds of existence, they felt the allure of power, the hunger for the magic that emanated from their essences. Without even a response to my invitation, a war of seven erupted. They ravaged one another with desperation unknown even to me. Spells and energies lit up the blackness. With their battles echoing as a beacon to craving incumbents, I fled, disgusted by the plague of this universe. I soared into the unknown without any set destination, and let the misery of my supreme defeat overtake me. In my sickness, I let myself shrink into the unending eons of time with the slow bleeding of magic, never dying, never living, becoming smaller and smaller and smaller in unchanging space. That concludes episode 106 of The Dark Verse. If you'd like to listen to the past episodes or download them, you can do so at thedarkverse.com, on SoundCloud, or on iTunes. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to support it and become a patron of the podcast, you can do that at patreon.com slash thedarkverse. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash thedarkverse. That is it, and I will have a new story for you in a couple of weeks. All stories on the Dark Verse are the sole property of Shark Child and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without his written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to love.